What's up, guys? Pete Mundo, and we've got a koozie coming your way, a Heartland College Sports koozie if you leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, however you do it. We appreciate you doing that. Then you send me an email to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, a screenshot of the rating and review, and we'll get the koozie in the mail for you. Helps us out a lot. We take the radio show, we put it on a podcast, and uh, it's growing every week because of you. So thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, let's get right into it. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Let's talk to a guy who I always respect his opinion on. He's Sam Mays, former Oklahoma State All-American, also afternoon drive on 107.7, the franchise at OKC, 107.9 in Tulsa. Sam, appreciate you giving us a few minutes. Uh, You were at Big 12 Media Days last week. Big picture perspective for the Big 12. Is this still OU's conference and everybody else, or do you think there are a couple of legitimate contenders at the top this fall? You know, I think the theme, honestly, for Big 12 Media Days this year was cautiously optimistic, and that's from the top to the bottom. I think you're looking at seven teams that have a real shot to win a bunch of games. You know, I think when you look at Oklahoma and Texas, they're clearly the more talented teams in the conference, but Iowa State, Baylor, uh, Texas Tech, I think, has a ton of, of potential with the new coach and a surprise offense that I don't necessarily know what we're going to see. I think Kansas State brings in an all-time great head coach, and you know they got some work to do there from a roster standpoint, but I think they're going to be extremely competitive this year and will probably win a game or two that they shouldn't win. So, yeah, I would say it's still OU's conference, but I think Lincoln Riley kind of set the tone on Monday when he says and he walks out there and, and acknowledges his conference power and the fact that it is coming back to center just a little bit more, playing a little more traditional football, playing a little more power football, and still you know that spread offense look that they told made famous over the last 15 years. So I would say, yeah, Oklahoma won. Uh, they should win. You know, Jalen Hurts, Lincoln Riley, one of the best coaches in the country in a cast of characters that is about as highly recruited as anybody you're going to see in the nation. So, yeah, I'd say it's OU's conference to lose, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit if the Big 12 champion had two losses this year. Very interesting. Uh, Sam May is joining us. Uh, Sam, Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, he was, I, I don't know if contrite's the right word, but he certainly admitted to making mistakes last year, and he just basically said, I thought I took my foot off the pedal, so to speak, a little bit. I got a little lackadaisical with the guys, not as tight of a run ship. Um, how surprised were you by Gundy's admission of that, and what do you think that means here for 2019? I was shocked. You never hear a head coach say anything like that. I mean, yeah. it's just weird to see anybody admit to not being at their very, very best on this level. And usually that's what assistants are for, right? They throw them under the bus and let them take the heat. I think the fact that he was as candid as he was about you know his role with the football team and his expectations for himself, I think shows you kind of where he's at uh, as a coach looking to kind of reevaluate and get himself back into the, the conference conversation. So I, I love it. You know, I, And I've been saying this for – uh, for uh, two years now about Mike Gundy that he's complacent and Oklahoma State fans have been so upset with me and you know I'm a traitor this and traitor that and how dare you say those things the reality is he hasn't been what he needs to be for that football team especially when they're recruiting in the 50s yeah. I love Stillwater I grew up in Stillwater like that's a you know you go from an 18 year old boy to a man in college and that place absolutely can foster um, anybody it's just an awesome location and they act like they can't recruit there and that's what's served to me so hopefully Gundy gets himself motivated and you know makes some good decisions here and does the right thing for Oklahoma State who do you think's in the lead in that quarterback race Drew Brown Spencer Sanders I mean which way do you think they go man you know what Drew Brown is a interesting candidate for sure obviously played 
uh, some college football, mm-hmm. has a little bit of, of uh, knowledge of the games, 50% you know, completion rating out of Hawaii there. Spencer Sanders is, is a, kind of a loose cannon from what I understand. I think he makes a bunch of mistakes like any freshman quarterback would make. But, you know, when you look at the, the failure to execute and using the redshirt rule a year ago by Mike Gundy, you almost don't feel bad for him. It's like you had three games. He goes guys both in the game to kind of see how they react under the lights. And he didn't get that done. So um, I think that, that Sanders is the, the better athlete and obviously the future of the program. So you probably have to go with him. But it wouldn't surprise me to see them to see them go with two quarterbacks right off the bat for sure. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at Lincoln Riley um, in, in in OU, and of course they've won a bunch of Big Twelve titles in a row, college football playoffs. Uh, he's got the new defensive coordinator there in Alex Grinch. But do you think Lincoln Riley's at the point with this program where he does have to get over that hump, or is there still some leeway there within the fan base and the hierarchy down in Norman? <laughs> I mean, I think he's – I mean, as far as you, you're asking me if I think that he's got enough – done enough that he's got a little bit of a, of a cushion. Yeah, I mean, is I think – yeah, well, the cushion's there. But, I mean, is there anything, I guess, that he could do where anyone sours on the guy at this point, or is he just oh, carpool? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it, this is blue blood football. You yeah, know this. I yeah. mean, if you're talking Bama, uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, yeah, if you have a season where the fans don't think that you've accomplished what you should have accomplished, they're going to burn you down whether you played in three semifinal games the last four years or not. Um, that's the pressure of, of, uh, of playing, you know, power five blue blood football. And that's why dude makes $6 million a year. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on Lincoln Riley to perform this year. And, and look, let's be honest. If, if you take the brand off that helmet and that coach off the sidelines and you look at this football team, just from a personnel standpoint, they're replacing four to five offensive linemen. Three of them are taking their first college football snaps on Sunday against Houston You've got a brand-new receiving core. You've got the worst defense in school history coming back. You've got a young defensive coordinator who I think has got a lot of promise. He's a very talented recruiter, and I think he has a plan in place. But no one improves 60 spots in one year defensively. Like, the team is kind of a disaster, really, when you look at it. But you trust that Lincoln Riley, uh, in that great offensive mind that he has, this awesome staff that he has, led by Bill Biedenboe, who I think is the best offensive line coach in the country, I expect them to be playing top-10 football by the end of the year. Now, what does it look like in the beginning of the year? It looks like a team replacing four to five offensive linemen, and that's a hard thing to do. And for some reason, people don't acknowledge the impact that an offensive line has on a football team. They will make you great or they will break you, no matter who your skill position players are. So I think that uh, I think that he's got a lot of work cut out for him. I think he's very aware of that. That's why he was so cautious during Big 12 Media Day. There wasn't a ton of bravado or swagger from him, which is not necessarily not normal, but usually he, sh- he shows you that he's a – the biggest dog in the room, and I thought that he was reserved in this one. Sam May is our guest. Of course, he does afternoon drive there on the franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.7 and uh, 107.9 in Tulsa, joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. I'm Pete Mundo. All right, Sam, uh, when you look at Lincoln Riley, you know, I said this last week, and obviously I only interact with him usually uh, media days and then Big 12 Championship were down there for that. He is very reserved, and he doesn't give you a great soundbite. That's just not who he is. Was that different this year? Was it even less this year, or is that just who Lincoln Riley is? That, you know, honestly, that's just kind of who he is. I think he fully understands how to manipulate the media. If Lincoln gives you something, he's giving you something for a reason. Yeah. yeah and I think that that's kind of what you know his stance with the whole thing has been for a while now. So um, I'm not surprised one bit that he was he looked the way that he did. Uh, media days and I, and honestly I think you're looking at a, a coach that fully understands that you know anything is possible in this league and that he's going to play a bunch of very close uh, tight football games down the stretch here I mean who knows 
you know, I think you're looking at an average score in the Big 12 that probably drops by 15 points from where it was a year ago. And I think you're looking at a bunch of fourth quarter time of possession type games out of this league for the first time in probably 15 years. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's just kind of, you know, I think he just understands the animal that he's looking at and doesn't want to get too crazy with it. Uh, we're being joined by Sam Mays. All right, Sam, four new head coaches you referenced earlier. Um, you, you clearly showed your love for Chris Kleiman there at Kansas State, but new guys at K-State, KU, Texas Tech, West Virginia. Who are you most intrigued by? Not who's going to have the most success this year, but which new head coach are you most intrigued by in the Big 12? No, definitely down there. Matt Wells at, at Texas Tech. I think he is 100% the most intriguing coach in the conference at this point. You're talking about somebody who is trained under – everybody basically in multiple styles and I honestly don't have any clue what to expect his offense to look like and if you consider you know what uh, the quarterback situation looks like there in tech to bring back a sophomore to quarterback that's extremely capable you know dealt with a little injury issue a year ago but holy crap they get that kick and sling the rock and they've yeah. got an offensive line coming back they've got a talented running back coming back and a defense that probably you know had a heartbeat for the first time in 20 years at Texas Tech so I think that he is probably the one that really has an opportunity to kind of shock this conference a little bit. Les Miles, a weird press conference at Media Days last week, talking about the Puka Williams one-game suspension, uh, which kind of surprised everybody, even the timing of it. Like, why do it the week before Media Days? Why not wait till two days afterwards? Like, the whole thing made no sense, Sam. Uh, how do you think Les Miles is going to play in Lawrence over the long term? You know what? I'm, I left Media Days upset about Les Miles. I, I don't know what is wrong. I don't know uh, what is going on with his health. All I know is my coach uh, barely recognized me. I know that he had this look of being handled. He barely uh, recognized the, you and you played for him. And I was, yeah, I was All-American for yeah, him. Yeah, and, so, uh, and he barely recognized you. Oh, my Yeah, and he had this look of like – it was just a very strange day for him. I, I mean, I – I can't wrap my head around it. It was upsetting for me to see him struggle the way that he did. Um, and, I'm, I, you know, Les was just full of bravado and full of life, and he controlled the room. Like, that's what the, you know, the buzz was coming in the media days was, man, Les Miles is back. You know, we all know how crazy this can be and, and all the things that he can say, and he's not scared of any coach and, you know, the relationship that he had with Bob Stoops back in the day. And everybody was expecting same old Les. Uh, back to the conference, and the reality is he just wasn't. That's not who he is uh, at the moment. And I don't know, you know, what the story is behind that. I don't know, you know, what the what Kansas has got going on, but something is absolutely not right about him. And it's just it was very odd to see him look the way that he did. He read the entire time off of this um, this small notebook that he had on the podium, and you know, Les is the king of of just kind of coming off the cuff. You know what I mean? Like it was just an odd look. Uh, for him and every media member that had covered him at Oklahoma State back in the day, all said the same thing. So, I don't know, I don't know what Les is going to look like at Kansas, but I'll tell you this much: he he's looking around uh, during media days, and he takes a look at the TCU uh, football team that was doing their radio row stuff, and he looks at me and goes, "I've got guys like that." And I was like, "What do you mean you've got guys like that?" He's like, "I got guys like that at Kansas," and he's and he's taking a look at uh, Niang, the big left tackle for TCU, who's NFL. You know, he's got an NFL uh, body for sure. And that kid's going to get probably a second, third-round draft pick this year, depending if he can run block or not. And and when he said that, I looked at him and said, you got guys like that at Kansas. And he said, absolutely. And I was like, okay, coach. You know, we'll, we'll see that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just a very odd, uh, very weird 
interview with him and a very meet, weird, odd meeting afterwards. And I don't know. There's just something's just not right. Interesting. Very interesting. Sam Mays is joining us. Sam, uh, is Texas back? Oh, I think they're probably in the conversation. Um, I think it was very funny to me, though, that Sam Ellinger and crew, they were so prepped to not say that. Yeah. Like you could just tell <laughs> that they were told, look, we're not trying to start a, a riot here with our Texas back narrative. I think he was um, excited in the moment, and I think he had a great sugar bowl and you know, said what any good leader is going to say. I like the kid. Uh, but as far as the university is concerned, I don't know that that's the narrative that they're ready to – to, uh, to sell quite yet. So mm-hmm. I think that's a talented football team too, but I, I think they've got a ton of holes and things that they're looking to fill. Um, also, I think defensively they're really going to struggle this year and uh, with a bunch of young players. And they might have the two best safeties in this league. I'll give them that. But it is a, uh, it's going to be a test of them up front, and you know, there's just a lot going on with, with them right now. And, Sam, what do you think? I mean, you mentioned there that you could see the Big 12 champion having two losses this year, which obviously hasn't been the case since the conference championship came back, OU winning each of those with one loss. Uh, Is there a team that we are overlooking, whether it's Iowa State, TCU, Baylor, those are kind of the names people are talking about, maybe Oklahoma State. Which of that group, that second-tier group we think of in this conference right now, could be the surprise at the end of the season? Oh, I think it's – I don't even know if I want to call them a surprise. I think it's Iowa State yeah. 100%. I think that you're looking at probably the, the most balanced team in this conference, offense, defense, and special teams, and that's that's no joke. I mean, you consider everything they bring back on the defensive end, that's the best defense in the conference, and you're looking at a, a Brock Purdy who uh, is about as talented as you're going to find a quarterback in this league. And I'll say this. I think what makes the Big 12 interesting, honestly, is the fact that you're probably going to have oh, – I would say five of your top 16, 17 quarterbacks in college football in this conference, when you consider Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Baylor, and uh, Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. I would say those, those teams are going to foster top 15 quarterbacks in this conference. So, with that, I mean, you know what that means. If you can score in this league and you can throw the ball, then anything is possible. He is Sam Mays. Uh, He's been on the show before. We always appreciate his time. Afternoon drive for the franchise in OKC and in Tulsa, of course, a former Oklahoma State All-American as well. Sam, thanks so much for joining us, talking some Big 12. Really appreciate it, and would love to do it again soon. All right. Thank you. Great insight there from Sam Mays. Appreciate him, and uh, appreciate you if you would leave us a rating and review and subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and then send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get the koozie in the mail. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon.